Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 39th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will broadcast live from Boston, home of this weekend's AFC Championship game, and go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news for our third show of 2012. In 15 minutes, I will welcome our call-in guest, Craig Larson, community sports editor of the Boston Globe. Then in a half an hour for segments three and four, we will welcome our weekly call-in guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Well, it's quite a week up here in New England uh, with lots of momentum rolling towards Sunday's AFC Championship game at Gillette Stadium between the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens, the sixth AFC Championship game for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And uh, I've been around for all six, and it has just been uh, an incredible week as the momentum builds. Uh, It's been a fun week uh, with Gronkowski and Hernandez uh, just dominating the storylines this week. And, uh, you know, just a lot of electricity. It's it's really as good as I've seen it since, uh, since the beginning which would be 2001-2002 when the Patriots won their first of three Super Bowls. And uh, appropriate, I would say that, because last night was, uh, yesterday, was the 10th anniversary of the Tuck Rule game, a game that I attended, the Snow Bowl, as it's known, and uh, is simply one of the top two or three greatest sports events I've ever been to in my life. And uh, so it's just perfect timing. A decade later, hard to believe that uh, that here we are uh, with yet another AFC Championship game. Uh, you know, right around the corner. So uh, I'll begin with my highlight of the week. We'll go first things first. And my highlight of the week uh, was attending the Patriots' rout of the Broncos last Saturday night at Gillette Stadium, which officially brought an end to Tebow time. Tom Brady's record-breaking five touchdown passes in the first half was an instant classic and simply goes down as one of the greatest postseason performances of all time. As for Tebow mania, I immensely enjoyed the ride, and it elevated the energy and electricity at Gillette Stadium last Saturday night for the playoff game to a level beyond really anything I have seen in my 18 years of attending Patriots postseason games. We went to uh, a restaurant right beside uh, Gillette Stadium uh, before the game to get on our uh, cold weather gear and warm up a little bit after the walk from the car. 
and the energy in there was simply off the charts. And add to it the fourth quarter of the 49ers-Saints playoff game happening as everybody is literally uh, getting fired up for the Patriots game, changing into their cold weather gear, and it was just as fun an atmosphere as it gets, and that's what makes the NFL a league like no other. Um, And the good news is we get to do it again uh, in less than 48 hours. My low light of the week, again football-related, is uh, Terrell Owens signing with the Allen, Texas Wranglers of the Indoor Football League, where reportedly he will have an ownership stake in the franchise. You know, with this move, T.O. sinks to a new low, one that he created himself by being a destroyer of the teams he played for in the NFL and their quarterbacks. And it's a league, the NFL, that finally had no use for him this past year when no one signed him, despite his availability. He's obviously in superior shape, to put it mildly. No one has six-pack abs like T.O., and uh, yet nobody signed him. And I think that just tells you all you need to know about what a poison he was to every locker room he entered over the years. So uh, right where he belongs, down in Allen, Texas. And uh, now we'll move into my bizarre story of the week, keeping with the football theme. And, of course, that's what this week is really all about. And uh, for the second week in a row, it's the New York Jets, the dysfunctional New York Jets. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson's detailed description of this toxic team on Showtime's Inside the NFL the other night was absolute must-see TV. Uh, Although I have never been a fan of LTs, junior LT we'll call them, uh, not to be confused with the one one and only Lawrence Taylor, uh, LaDainian deserves credit for being as candid as I have seen any athlete in years. His comments were just so astounding that for the second week in a row, Jets owner Woody Johnson was forced to do damage control in the media and say it's really not that bad down there in New York. To me, the fact that owner Woody Johnson is the spokesperson of the team during this debacle, you remember that last week he had to speak out when everybody was... uh, coming out against Mark Sanchez and his work ethic, so now he has to deal with this LaDainian Tomlinson thing. Anyway, the fact that he is the spokesperson of the team during this debacle, while loudmouth coach Rex Ryan stays silent, tells me that Woody may be done with Rex's act, and that his days, uh, Rex's days in New York could be numbered. Or at a minimum, uh, the time has come where they're reducing the mouth that roared to a whisper. And now for my event of the week, which was covering the Patriots' AFC Championship press conference and locker room on Wednesday, which had the biggest media throng I have ever seen at Gillette Stadium. I've been going there for 10 years. Uh, With a standing room only crowd, it was absolutely electric. Uh, Not a term I usually apply to media availability. Uh, at Gillette Stadium or for any sport, but uh, the energy in that room where, again, it was standing room only doesn't quite do it justice. It was every inch of the room was absolutely packed with local and national media of all types, broadcast, print, internet, TV, radio, you name it, they're all there. 
uh, not to mention the NFL uh, PR staff, uh, since it was, again, at the championship level of a press conference for a championship game, and that's how they do it, the NFL. Um, so in my mind, you know, there, there is simply no better, better sports event than the game that decides who will go to the Super Bowl. It just brings a certain level of energy that I see with absolutely no other sport. Well, last week, you'll remember, I featured a locker room media interview with uh, receiver slash running back (laughs) Aaron Hernandez. And this week, I will start with the other half of that dynamic duo, the true tight end, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, This apparently unstoppable pair are the storyline up here in Boston this week. Uh, Everything from, you know, Gronkowski's record-setting performance this year, most tight ends, uh, most touchdowns for a tight end in NFL history, uh, for starters, and three in the first half last week as another one, uh, another record, shall we say. Um, So we'll start off here with uh, Gronk talking about the Ravens' calling card, which, of course, is their defense. I mean, they're all big, they're all fast, and they're all skilled, so you got to be ready, and they're all physical. you got to be ready for a physical, physical game. you got to be ready to be able to run the ball and be able to pass the ball. And, uh, they're definitely tough, so you got to definitely be executing well. And here's what Gronk had to say uh, about his teammates going into the AFC Championship game on Sunday. I mean, uh, it's great coming out, especially being with your boys, all your teammates and everything. Uh, it's like family, basically. And just having, just going out there, joking around with your teammates all the time, working hard with them. You got, other, you got like 53 other guys grinding with you out on the practice field. It gets you motivated, gets you working hard, too. So it's cool coming in, seeing everyone. You're never bored. I hate being bored and everything, so I love coming out, uh, being with the team, running around and everything all the time. And as I mentioned, uh, Gronk's running mate uh, who came in with him last year as rookie was uh, Aaron Hernandez from Florida, who Belichick lined up in the backfield last week against the Broncos. Uh, he, of course, had a 43-yard run early in the game to get him started. And they are just both you know, really likable guys. They're young guys. They're having fun. It's so obvious. And... Everybody up here in New England is trying to come up with a nickname for these guys. Uh, Gronk said his favorite one was the Boston Tea Party, with T spelled T-E as in tight end. Uh, But there's a whole lot going around. Uh, Shake and Quake is another one. Hernandez being Shake, Gronk being Quake, of course. And, you know, they're really adding an element of fun to this week. Again, it, it always has to do with youth, and these are two young guys Uh, both setting records and doing unusual things and apparently looking unstoppable. Uh, And covering the Patriots for the past 10 years, this this week with these two guys, there just seems to be, again, a fun aspect to this week, which I'm hoping and expecting translates into a looseness for the team. And it's really stemming from these two. So here's what Gronk had to say about his running mate, Hernandez. He's a freak too. The way, <laughs> the way he can move in and out, make guys miss, go out of the backfield, juke, juke safeties, run the ball, just be able to line up anywhere. I mean, it's great having him next to me, and uh, it's just amazing his quickness that he has at being his size. And of course, as always, it's all about Brady, Tom Brady, Patriots quarterback, and uh, he, of course, is going to face a very 
stiff test. I don't think there'll be any five touchdowns in the first half this Sunday um, when he faces the uh, somewhat legendary but now older Ravens defense. And here's what uh, QB12 had to say about the Ravens D. They're great players. I've, I've played against both those guys quite a few times. And uh, you always enjoy going up against the best because you can really measure where you're at. And uh, you can't take plays off against those guys. You can't take things for granted when you're out there against them. You have to see where they're at on every play because they're, they're guys that change the game. And, uh, you know, not, not only games we play them, but every single game that they're in, they're making plays. Hello, Dinata. Terrell Suggs, the way those guys perform as well. They got an exceptional defense. Jared, Jared Johnson, the corners, Kerry Williams, and, uh, and the Darius Webb are very good players. They look he just playing out there in substitute defenses. So they have, they have a great defense. And, and I think what makes them great is not only the playmakers, but all 11 guys play together. And uh, it's really been a strength of that team for as long as I've been around. And it continues to be, I'm sure, as long as Ray and Ed and Charles Suggs are there, it's going to be a strength. Right. And Brady, of course, was referring to future Hall of Famers Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And uh, another Patriot who was around during that in, uh, tuck rule game 10 years ago yesterday, uh, and he'll be around on Sunday, there's still something telling me that this, uh, this player is going to have an effect. Uh, perhaps Sunday, and if the Patriots win, perhaps in the Super Bowl, and that's none other than Kevin Falk, and here's what Kevin Falk had to say about uh, returning to the title game this Sunday. Talk about it and, you know, take advantage of it, but it's like he said, that first year, he thought it would have been easy going back every year, but what we tend to, what we fail to realize is each and every year, each and every team has that understanding of, right, that's the Super Bowl champions. If we play them, we have to play ten times harder, better, and make no mistakes. And that's how every team plays a Super Bowl champion team the next year. And in addition to uh, Falk, one of the older players who's been around for some of the Super Bowls and, in fact, was the MVP uh, uh, in the Super Bowl win in Jacksonville against the Philadelphia Eagles, here's Dion Branch on some of the trash talk, not as much as I might have expected, that's been happening uh, with the Ravens. Great competitors. You know, you, you hear the conversation whether it's the Ravens or whoever. You know, guys talk on the field. That is part of competing. That's the competition. That's that's why, uh, you know, guys love playing this game. You know, uh, I don't think it's nothing disrespectful to nobody. But who knows? You got to ask those guys. And we also have Coach Bill Belichick talking about what I consider one of the keys to the game, uh, which is Ravens running back Ray Rice. Uh, who, of course, opened the playoff game two years ago up here at Gillette Stadium with an 83-yard run on the first play from scrimmage, ran right into my lap, basically. And here's Belichick talking about Ray Rice. Um, you know, similar to problems that we've had with Spiller, um, Reggie Bush in Miami, guys like that, that uh, can run the ball inside, can run the ball outside, can run with power. Uh, can take short plays and, and go for long yardage, can take uh, you know wheel routes and close routes and routes out of the backfield and, and outrun the defense and get behind them. So um, he's a tough guy to match up on. Uh, and, and, he's, and he does so many things that you, you, know, you, you try to stop one thing and, and you're vulnerable somewhere else. So as usual, it just comes down to good team defense, everybody doing their job. And 
I don't think obviously any one person can stop uh, a player of this caliber. It takes a great team effort to do that, uh, whether it's running or covering or screen passes. I mean, if you can make a big screen pass from 50 yards, it can be a, you know, a, a, a wheel route out of the backfield for 50 yards. It could be the crossing pattern against the Jets and one for 50 yards. It could be a you know, run play up the middle against Cincinnati, or two of them actually in short yardage that go for you know, 60, 70 yards. So we've seen him do it against us. So I have all the respect in the world for Ray Rice. He's a, he's a tough football player. He's versatile, and, and he can really kill you in a lot of different ways. So that's Coach Bill Belichick on Ray Rice, and uh, I consider Rice one of the key performers of the game uh, on Sunday. How he goes may decide the game, but the to me the number one key to the game is will they get pressure on Tom Brady? Just that simple. The three recent. Patriots' losses have all uh, had one common theme, and that's pressure on Brady. So if the Ravens are applying it on Sunday, uh, that's going to be a big key to the game. And then right behind that, to me, is uh, do the Patriots stop Ray Rice. So with that said, uh, we're at the end of segment one. And as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle, he likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Well, it's that time of the show when we often have guests join us, and today we have Craig Larson, Regional Sports Editor of the Boston Globe on the line, and welcome, Craig. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. 
Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me on, John. Oh, you're my pleasure. And uh, Craig, you're the regional sports editor, and uh, this region is pumped and jacked, as Pete Carroll used to say, for this Sunday's AFC Championship game. Uh, have to know. Have to start off with your thoughts on the game. Well, I, I think uh, you have the two best teams left in the AFC. It'll be on the field on on Sunday. Obviously, having the game up at Gillette uh, plays into, uh, I think it's a, a great setting. Uh, I think it's going to be like 35 degrees or so. There'll be no snow. I don't think weather will be a factor. It won't be as cold as as the game uh, last week against the Broncos. Um, but it's going to be a physical, a physical, very physical tussle in, in, in the trenches. And, and I heard you mention earlier, really, it's going to be the line of scrimmage. Can they pressure Brady? Uh with Suggs and Ray Lewis, and then on the back end, how healthy is Ed Reed? Will he be fluid back there and able to, to cover, cover you know, those tight ends? So it'll be a fascinating matchup. It certainly will be. And, uh, Craig, you know, I know well what you do with, you know, college, high school sports and overseeing uh, all of that for the globe. But let me ask you, do, you know, in weeks like this, uh, you know, how much does, like, the Patriots uh, playing a big, huge game like this or Red Sox postseason, whatever it may be, does that seep into your duties uh, as, you know, you line up the college and high school sports in the area? Not really, but you can't but help uh, and, and getting caught up in all the attention and Everybody is on board, uh, from editors to photographers to writers, uh, just planning out this week and possibly next. And, and it just kind of uh, ups the adrenaline rush throughout the department. I think everybody uh, can see where this might be headed. And uh, so you can't, maybe you're not directly involved, but the trickle-down effect is you are because it affects everybody that, that's involved in the department. So it's an exciting time. It really is an exciting time. And I asked that question because, you know, uh, being at Gillette Stadium uh, the last few weeks, of course, you've had a small army, meaning the globe down there, even to the point where uh, Michael Whitmer, who I know is your golf writer, was down there and uh, has written some great stories. So I, I know how everybody you know, gets on board for something like this. Uh, but you and I go back a long way, and, you know, I'm well familiar with everything you do, and I know your our reader, our listeners would love to hear more about what you do as the regional sports editor of the Boston Globe. Well, we, we have uh, uh, twice-weekly sections that uh, come out for north, west, and south of Boston that complement our, our regular college and school coverage and uh, they come out Thursdays and Sundays and uh, so we have in both of those editions a uh, more expanded sports section uh, looking at the schools high school features on this time of year you're doing a high school basketball notebook and high school hockey um, and then complementing it with some of our former high school athletes that have gone on to play at the collegiate level and are playing exceptionally well, and we want to really note that, and we don't want to lose track of them when they, they graduate from high school. And so there's no shortage of local athletes that uh, are starring, you know, in the Hockey East or uh, in the NESCAC for basketball. 
and uh, contributing to an undefeated team that's ranked number one in the nation at Middlebury for men's basketball. Uh, and or with the Amherst women's uh, basketball team, which is ranked number one in Division Three and is the defending national champion. Uh, we also have MIT men um, that are ranked third in the nation, still undefeated at 16-0. and 0. So there's a lot to cover, um, and uh, even though it's really uh, a pro-town emphasis, uh, there's, you know, over... 250, 270 high school teams in action um, every week. And uh, you want to do those profiles on those programs, those athletes, kids overcoming adversity. Um, and uh, so it keeps us busy all the time. Oh, absolutely. And that's the beauty of being up here in New England. Uh, you know, probably more colleges in a small region like up here than any other area of the country. And in addition to high schools, you also have uh, lots and lots of prep schools, private schools, whatever you want to call them. So to say it's fertile ground would be an understatement, uh, you know, for the type of coverage you're pursuing. And uh, yeah, a good example. Uh, you and I were at the Gridiron Club dinner uh, just within the past week, uh, which was fabulous. I've been there many years, as have you, and it was for the College Sports Awards, which are really uh, one or two of which are as old as the Heisman. And uh, just such a good example of guys you covered in high school uh, and or college, you know, winning these awards. So that was a great night, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. And, and I know that sometimes this part of the country, when you think college football, you know, you look at linked to just Boston College or now UConn playing 1A, even though UMass is going there. But there are 57 programs in New England that play college football. And so at the Division II, Division Three level, it's, you know, 40-plus. So there's a lot of involvement, whether it's the NESCAC or uh, the New England Football Conference uh, or the Northeast 10, uh, Northeast 10 um the Swede Nelson Award winner from last week, Bryant Johnson, started at, at Milford High School and then went to Bentley and uh, had an extraordinary career. And uh, and so he was one of those honored uh, last Thursday night at the Gridiron Club. Yeah, and Craig, I can think of no better example of exactly what you're saying than uh, a guy who played at UMass, Victor Cruz, who is now, of course, practically the star wide receiver. His profile is rising by the minute, uh, you know, for the New York Giants. I mean, he has become Eli's go-to guy. And, uh, again, he played at UMass. He has literally burst onto the NFL scene, and that's putting it mildly. And uh, so, again, th that to me is just such a classic example of the type of talent that exists up here based on just sheer numbers of colleges and whatnot. Uh, but what do you think of Victor Cruz? Uh, a great slot receiver, really, when he gets on the outside, uh, just a great burst of speed, uh, really tough to defend. And uh, he emerged, you know, from being a free agent signing by the Giants to be, you know, their go-to guy for for uh, Eli Manning. So just uh, really has had a great start to his career. Um, and, yeah, he was on uh, some of those, a couple of good UMass teams that went to the um, 
FCS playoffs, uh, uh, formerly uh, 1AA, but had a, a right. very good career at UMass, but uh, really emerged as a guy that can play at this level, just like um, the safety for the Patriots, uh, James Ahedabu, uh that uh, was a great All-American safety uh, for the Minutemen. So you have some guys from the 1AA level that uh, are making an impact uh, in the NFL. That's a good way of saying it, Craig, and, uh, you know, it just gives us one more reason to uh, be excited about Sunday, not only the Patriots, of course, but also, uh, you know, tune into the Giants game to see how Victor Cruz does, and uh, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on today and shedding a a little local light uh, on, you know, the talent up here in New England on a week when, uh, on a weekend when New England is clearly, you know, on, on the big stage in the world of football. And, uh, yeah, again, you know, thank you for taking the time. Have a great weekend. I'm sure you'll be watching Sunday like all of us. And yep. uh, look forward to having you on again sometime soon. Okay, sounds great, John. Have a great weekend. All right, Craig. Thank you again. And, uh with that said, we'll take our break, and coming up on the, uh, to join us after that will be Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Brought to you by Zeiss. This week on the show will be... Lori Podoski with Ruger, Mike Barnum with Galco, Stephanie Sanford with the NRA, Shepard Humphreys with Shooting and Jackson Hole, Outdoor News Highlights, plus Chance Orth and Cat Daddy, when we talk about Conceal and Carry. All brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And joining us now on the line is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And welcome, Barry. And last week, uh, 
I said that I thought the uh, Giants would beat the Packers. They did. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, they. I, I thought they had. I, I. I wasn't quite prepared to go out on a limb. I. I it was weird. I just kind of decided on uh, on Saturday morning that I decided that the Giants were going to win. It was just kind of one of those one of those weird things. And you know, yeah. I mean, I, I knew they had a shot, and you know, obviously they 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 played a great game. Um, you know, they they certainly came in with the with 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 a good chance of winning that game, but they really. I don't think it surprised me so much that they won the game, but it was surprising in the matter of which they won because they they really they really did dominate the game and they really kind of kind of kicked the Packers up one end of the field down the other. I mean, it was, you don't see you didn't see the Packers fifteen and one the season being dominated like that by sorry, really anybody this year. But I, I think there are a couple of factors. I mean, one the Giants played really well and they really did. I mean, it really I don't think you can point to any part of the game the Giants played last week and say you know what they're really lacking. This or that. It was they, they brought their A game and they had to if they had any chances. And the other factor which we did mention last week was I really do think that the combination of the Packers being off for a week and also um, the tragedy involving uh, uh, Joe Philbin's son, Joe Philbin being the offensive coordinator, the Packers' son uh, dying in a drowning accident during the week. I really do think if you if you really look at at the game and. and Look at how the game was executed, and look at the mannerisms, body language, all of that. The Packers definitely were not on their game. I mean, I think it, it, it had to affect them emotionally. It had to affect them uh, in a big way. Um, I'm not saying that's the reason why they lost, but I, I think that's a big factor. Uh, you take that, and you take that combined with the fact that the Giants came in very confident, uh, very, very almost cocky. Uh, but just more of a, of a feeling knowing that they had a, a good chance to win if they played their A game, which they did. So I think those two factors working together, you know, certainly uh, certainly played uh, in the Giants' advantage. Um, you know, a, a terrific game by the Giants defensively, obviously coming up with some, some big plays. Um, I'll probably come up, could have come up with a couple of more if uh, the officiating had been a little, uh, a little different, but, uh, you know, it, it turned out that it didn't, Really have impacted the game that much, although it could have. Um, but yeah, a, a great win by the Giants and uh, setting the stage for for another uh, epic battle on Sunday with the Forty ers Well, I agree with your points, Barry. I, I think that those two factors were indeed huge uh, for the Giants against the Packers, and you know the Packers. Picked the picked the wrong week to play their worst game of the year, and uh, and again the Giants uh, they're looking scary right now, just like they were looking scary in 2007. But at that point in time, you know we didn't know how scary they could look. Uh, they showed us in the Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots uh, how scary they could be, and boy, they they just really have that. You know, as I like to say, they are the team with the Super Bowl look now, without a doubt. And uh, them and the 49ers, who are equally physical, should just be a fabulous matchup. I think I'm going to run to my car when I leave Gillette Stadium on Sunday to get home for as much of that 49ers-Giants game as possible. Uh, But there was another scary team. You know, when I think scary with the Giants, I think defense. When I think scary... With uh, for offense, I think the Patriots. And what did you think about their unbelievable performance against the Broncos on Saturday night? 
Well, if, if, if you remember, I, I, I pretty much predicted that that was going to happen, and uh, there was there was some, some surprise from, from some quarters. I, I, I really felt that that the Broncos really, uh, I'm sorry, that the, that the Patriots really had had the goods and had the ability to really not make that much of a contest. And as it turned out, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady with a with a performance that really, you know, you. you very few have rivaled. I mean, an NFL playoff tying six touchdown pass is just incredible. And, you know, you can really see it. Um, I'll get the T-bone in a second. But, um, you know, when you, when you watch football, and, you know, I think we, we all go through this at a certain time when we watch games. When you're watching, you know, I think for me, watching a game, and, I, and, I, and it's almost an awesome moment when you, when you realize you're watching greatness. I mean, when I felt like this, uh, watching Brett Favre in his prime with the Packers, watching Lawrence Taylor playing for the Giants, when you're watching someone that's so special and so talented and so competitive that you realize, you know what, this is, this is something that you can really like take, a, take another look at and savor. I feel the same way watching Tom Brady, especially watching him last week, just, just, just take apart the Broncos and pretty much the way Brady operates all the time. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of talk. About Brady, about about his life uh, off the field, you know, married married to Giselle, uh, jet setting all over the world, being seen in New York, being seen in seen in South America, being seen in the islands, wherever you know, paparazzi. And you think, you know what, this guy has done this guy has done so much, and you know, maybe this guy is getting a little, you know, maybe football doesn't matter so much to him anymore. And then you see him on the field, and you see that that competitive glare that he gets in his eyes. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Patriots fans oh, yeah. know this too. You know what I'm ta- exactly what I'm talking about. That look that he gets peering out from behind the, the, the face mask of his helmet. And you know that nobody wants to win in the NFL, I think. When you, when you, when you look at people who compete at that level, I put Tom Brady up against anybody as far as ability to compete, desire to compete, desire to win, and just Doing whatever he has to do to make that happen, um, I think you can you can look at last week from, from two ways. Uh, you know, did Brady take it upon himself to put an end to Tebow mania? Maybe, or did he come into that game not thinking about Tim Tebow at all, just completely focused on what he had to do? And you know, you're never going to get you know the real truth because you know we have to, you know because the Patriots have that uh, you know Belichickian way, as we like to say. Uh, yep. you know, you might, you know, that they, they say all the right things and, you know, nothing's ever a crisis. Nothing's ever horrible. Keep that even keel all the time. That's the way they operate. That's the way, uh, that's the way Belichick likes it. And that's the way Brady and the team operates. But I think just watching Brady during that game last week, you really saw that competitive fire, that, that fire that you, that, and that, all you need to know right there is when you see that glare from Tom Brady, you know that you're in, you're in for watching a treat that day. Yes, well, in addition to putting an end to Tebow mania, uh, I, like you, agree. We don't know that he was thinking that, but one thing I do believe he was thinking was putting an end to that three-game postseason losing streak, which he did with a huge exclamation point. And, uh, you know, I, we, we can't let this segment go, and next segment we'll talk about the upcoming games this weekend, but uh, we have to talk a little bit about the... 49ers Saints game, which was frankly one of the greatest games in NFL postseason history. What did you think of that game? I, I thought it was. I agree. I thought it was tremendous. I mean, we're watching the game. Uh, 
at the office at the post, and just it was it was like it was like a, a basketball game or a tennis match. The that fourth quarter, I mean, what an incredible turn of events, roller coaster, both sides. You know, you you know, for one game at least, you know, Alex Smith, you know, played up to the level of of Drew Brees or an elite quarterback, and you know, there was what what a game that was. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That was uh, as we like to say, an instant classic, and especially that fourth quarter, and that was just uh, that was just crazy. That was an excellent, excellent book. It really, oh, it, it was just great. And as I explained earlier, I watched it, uh, you know, in an establishment right beside Gillette Stadium as we're, you know, putting in our foot warmers to get ready to go over the Patriots-Broncos game. And the place was absolutely electric watching that 49ers game and back and forth. And it was just such a great way to go into the Patriots game uh, coming off of that game and uh, so yeah it was just terrific and you know Jim Harbaugh obviously has made the big difference uh, and he took a terrible team and basically with the same players made him a great team and Alex Smith to me you know if he did nothing else Jim Harbaugh simply supported Alex Smith said you're my guy and look what has happened as a result uh I just think it's a great story. I'm thrilled. And another thing was, you know, Coach Mike Singletary will never forget the tirade against Vernon Davis, the tight end, and Vernon Davis, in addition to Alex Smith, of course, had the game of his life, caught the winning touchdown, caught the big pass on the winning drive, and uh, and had a heck of a game beyond that, too. So I thought that shot of him coming off the sideline crying profusely and Harbaugh hugging him and everything was uh, as good as it gets in the NFL for, you know, uh, take-home shots, memorable pictures and things like that. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Absolutely. I agree. It was just spectacular. And, uh, and I thought, you know, just to close out here because we're bumping up against our break, but I thought that the uh, Houston Texans, now there's a team that looks scary. I must say, you know, the Ravens, give them credit. They held on at home. And uh, the Texans had the rookie quarterback that in, a, in the end did what rookie quarterbacks do. But all that aside, that was a good game. And that was quite a test for the Ravens. And, uh, you know, again, I just thought the Texans looked scary. <laughs> yeah, Watch I out for them next year. Yeah, real quick, I just kind of felt that in that game, that was one of those games where the Texans kind of came in with the pressure completely being on the Ravens to win that game. And, you know, they. You know, I don't think a lot of people really going to the off, going into the playoff really expected that much from the Texans. But you know, they 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 played they played really well. They played a great game, and uh, you know, I I do think the better team won. But I really do think that there was not a whole lot of pressure on the Texans. Way more on the Ravens than they delivered. Exactly. Exactly. Well, with that said, we'll take our break, and on the other side, we will discuss this weekend's two conference championship games. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, we just covered last weekend's game, which lead right to this weekend's conference championship games. And uh, why don't we start off with the Ravens-Patriots up here at Gillette Stadium. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game? Well, you know, I, I think... I think the Ravens are kind of coming in with a, with a chip on their shoulder, and the Patriots always have that that chip on their shoulder, which was which is what makes them a, such a great playoff team. And as you mentioned, you know, kind of getting that uh, that monkey off their back of uh, their little uh, playoff slump. Uh, you know, the Ravens are a little, little different situation this week. I mean, they they have a, a, a great running game with Ray Rice, but you know, you, a very unusual situation with them. I mean, you have you know, we mentioned the Texans uh, in the last segment. You know, when you have uh, an all-pro a quarterback like Ed Reed basically calling out his quarterback, as he did during the week, by saying, you know what, that team kind of rattled our quarterback a little bit, and Flacco kind of having to defend himself to the media, you know, that's not quite the atmosphere you want at this at this point in the season. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I just, that, that just, just seems like things are a little off to me there. I think that the, uh, you know, the, the Patriots, we, we know what they can do. Um, you know, the I think there and there and I think the Patriots, as I mentioned, a chip on their shoulders. I mean, the last time these teams met in the playoffs in uh, 2010, Ravens, you know, pretty much took it to the Patriots. They won 33-14. Brady had a bad game. Patriots down 24 nothing after the first quarter. So, you know, I, I'm sure that you know. And again, you know, the, touching on what we, what we discussed in the last segment. Tom Brady and his competitiveness, you know that, you know, that he's thinking about making up for that uh, payback and, of course, you know, elevating the Patriots to get, to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I would expect I would expect the Patriots to come out, you know, pretty much flying the way they did last week. Um, you know, that two-headed monster tight end, which, which causes matchup nightmares for everybody. Um, you know, what Gronkowski has done this season is nothing short of amazing. 
uh, brilliant, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, there's there's nobody, there's no defense anywhere that can match up with that. So this, this, that puts that squarely in the Patriots' favor. The Patriots can score at will. Um, granted, the Ravens' defense is terrific. Uh, you know, and again, this might be the last dance for uh, for Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and that, and, and that crew. Those guys are you know starting to get a little, little long in the tooth there. And you know, I think they realize that their window might be closing a little bit. So you know, they, they I think both teams have some intangibles in their favor in their uh, in their favor. But um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just I'm just feeling. I'm feeling the Patriots. I'm feeling the Giants. I'm, just, I'm feeling a rematch of the 2007 season, 2008 Super Bowl, which was a classic. Um, I get more than the Giants in a minute, but yeah, I, I, I like the Patriots in this game, and I think we're going to have a we're going to have some uh, some repeat talk the next couple of weeks. Well, good points, and uh, you know, I, I also am mystified by the Ed Reed comments on Flacco, uh, the the flack he's giving him, so to speak. Uh, and the big reason is only that, you know, Ed Reed has never spoken out of line that I remember, nor does he speak much at all. So for him to come out with that kind of a bombshell uh, the week before playing the Patriots is just, to me, astounding. Uh, and the other thing, I mean, my thoughts on Sunday are pretty simple. The Ravens clearly are coming up with the intent of punching the Patriots in the mouth. And trying to bully them, and to me, uh, this game will be decided by one of two things: either how the Patriots respond if the Patriots get, uh, if the Ravens get the first quote punch, or if the Patriots are the ones that come out and throw the first punch. That's the way I see it. it just it's it's all about being physical and uh, being intimidating, and we all know that you know the Patriots are considered a quote finesse team, uh, which they are. And we all know what the Ravens are all about, uh, which is intimidation and uh, tough, tough defense. So that, to me, is where the game is going to get decided, you know, and that just translates again right down to the bottom line, which is are the Ravens getting pressure on Brady? And that, to me, will decide the game. Just that simple. Yeah, and I think I agree, and I think it's going to be up to the uh, the Pats offensive line to respond to that because you know the Ravens are going to come out physical and, and to send a message, especially in that first drive. Say yep. the first drive of the game, if the Patriots win the toss and they get the ball, and that first drive, that, that, they're gonna, they, I think the Ravens are going to look to set a tone this game early. And as I say, I, I, I agree. I think the, the Patriots, um, how they respond to the Ravens kind of uh, firing that first salvo will, uh, will play a big part in how this game plays out. That's it. That, that's it to me. In my mind, there's no question the Patriots are more talented. It's just a matter of who's tougher. And Ravens are going to, you know, come out and start a fight. They're just going to, they want a street fight. And it's, are the Patriots ready for a street fight? And, uh, and that street fight's going to begin with the offensive line of the Patriots. I totally agree. So uh, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. And then uh, now getting down to your. Uh, area of expertise, which, of course, is the New York Giants, and what do you think about them versus the 49ers in the second game on Sunday? Well, they, these teams played each other. I mean, not, you, know, you can't always, you know, look at the regular season and get a, a true barometer as to how a playoff game is going to go, you know, for many reasons. But you know, I think the one thing that, that, that you need to look at, uh, you know, the Giants and 49ers did play in the regular season. 49ers won 27-20. Giants were driving at the end to tie the game, and Eli threw an interception. But I think 
you know, one fact you need to look at is the fact that the Giants will be a lot healthier now than they were then. Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw did not play in that game, and he will be back. He's healthy again. Um, a couple of uh, a couple of dings for the Giants, but I, I don't expect any any uh, any real problems for them. Uh, the center David Boss did not practice uh, uh, today, nor did um, nor did somebody else. But um, I, you know, just dings. I think um, I, I think this could be okay with with, with that. The uh, 49ers have a great defense. As we know, uh, you know one of the top, the, the best running uh, defense in the National Football League. Um, you know, Frank Gore has is is been a great running back all year. He was he was also hurt the last time these two teams played, but you know he's back healthy. Uh, Delaney Walker, who caught a touchdown pass in that game, probably will not play. He's questionable, broken jaw for the 49ers. That's something to look at. Also, too, you, know, you have a little, little off you know, stuff uh, this week with that game as well. I mean, Vernon Davis, who we mentioned in the last segment before, uh, you know, he had said that he was praying for the Giants to beat the Packers. Um, and then, uh, of course, Entrell Roll, uh, the Giants defensive back, never at a loss for words, said, well, be careful what you wish for. You know, they're going to be real sorry they wish for that. Um, Vernon Davis trying to clarify his comments, saying that he wasn't, he wasn't trying to knock the Giants. He was just saying, you know what, you just would really rather play at home than go to Lambeau Field for the NFC Championship, which is understandable, so trying to backtrack on those comments. So, you know, I think these two teams, you know, certainly know each other from playing during the regular season. Both both know what to expect from one another. Um, it's going to be a muddy track out there, I understand. The, the weather, a lot of rain in the forecast. Maybe not rain during the game, but certainly, um, you know, uh, a wet track. Uh, you know, that may favor the 49ers over the Giants because the Giants have that explosive uh, pass offense that we've become so familiar with. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm, I've, been, I've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. I just feel that all signs are pointing toward a uh, Giants-Patriots rematch in the Super Bowl. That's what I've been saying. That's what I'm going to stick with. Well, I agree. That's the one I'm uh, looking for. It's the one I'm hoping for. Uh, I think in the nothing will get America's juices flowing like a Giants Patriots rematch. I mean, it's just, you know, well, I'll speak from a Patriots point of view. I think it's always sort of felt like unfinished business. That's not to take it away in any way whatsoever what the Giants did in earning that victory that day in the desert. But, uh, you know, Patriots scored, took the lead with Randy Moss catching that touchdown pass. Then the Giants scored, of course, with Plaxico coming off the heels of the David Tyree catch. And, you know, I guess all I'm trying to say is, you know, we would have all liked to see it continue. And maybe we're going to get to see it continue four years later. Um, you know, it was just that back and forth at the end, not unlike the Saints 49ers game of a week ago. And, uh, yeah. So I, I just like to see them uh, pick it up where they left off, and uh, we'll see what develops. And uh, so we're coming to the end of the show, Barry. I just want to thank you for being uh, our guest, as always. Needless to say, uh, my picks of the weekend for appointment viewing are obviously the conference championship games: Patriots Sunday at three p.m. Eastern time, Giants Forty Niners at uh, six thirty p.m. Eastern time, and. Uh, it's going to be great stuff. I can't wait to uh, have you back again next week when we can talk about who's playing in the Super Bowl, Barry. Yeah, it'll be fun. And I, I think uh, the, uh, the same here. 
And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. You know, certainly I, I expect both games to be very good. I, I would be shocked if either game were, were a blowout. I think that you, I think you've got a situation where, you know, any one of the, any one of the combinations, any one of the Super Bowl combinations, any one of the four could happen. And uh, none of them would shock me. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, being the, you know, New York centric and Boston centric show that we, that we have here, you know, obviously we'd like to see, uh, a Giants Patriots rematch. I think that would probably be the, the sexiest of the four matchups that, that could happen. Uh, and I think it's going to happen and, and quite frankly, hope it does. So I look forward to, uh, watch the games and uh, chatting about it next week. Should be fun. And as always, thank you, Barry. And thank you listeners for tuning in to all around sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 PM Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.